0: Hey, everyone, Matt here from the Choir Director Corner podcast. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've gotten a lot of value out of being a listener, could you do me a quick favor and please go leave a nice, shiny five star review in whatever platform you're using to listen to the podcast. Not only would I be greatly appreciative of that, this will also help other choir directors find the podcast and that's one of the big goals is to reach as many people as we can. So thanks so much for being a listener and let's get on with the show. One question I often get is how to vocally place singers into their sections. If you've worked with the singers previously you've got a pretty good idea of what part they should be singing. But what if the singers are brand new to you? Or their voices changed since the last time you heard them? And how do you do it so it doesn't take forever? And it also doesn't waste valuable rehearsal time. Well, in today's episode of the podcast, I share with you my process for quickly and easily doing voice placements with my choirs. It will save you time and frustration, and your singers will be surprised at just how low stress the process can be. Let's get into it. Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Choir Director Corner Podcast. My name is Matt Walker. I am your host. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining me for today's episode. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, today we are talking about how to vocally place your singers into sections in your choir. And when I started out teaching, I would make placing the singers into a long, drawn-out process, which took tons of extra time, and I tried to do it outside of rehearsal time, and then that just created conflicts because then you know people couldn't make it because they had practices and other things after school, and it was just kind of a hot mess. But through the years I've learned, it doesn't need to be that way. You can do it quickly in a non-threatening way for the singers, because they're always kind of self-conscious coming in to begin with and still get an accurate assessment of what section that singer should be in so here's a quick rundown of how my process works I try to group my singers in their approximate vocal range to start I kind of ask them okay vocally are you on the high side the middle side or the low side and to begin I just kind of let them self select a little bit and so then I have them sit in those sections I organized the the room uh by those sections. So to the left, to the middle, to the right. And that reduces then how much jumping around on the piano I have to do. If I can already group them in those sections, that will uh, increase the amount of time that I'm going to have to spend voicing them. Now I have them come up to the piano in groups of three to four singers. Try not to do more than four unless you know I've got like five left at the very end, then I'll take those five. But I want them to have the security of having other people sing with them but also I want to be able to pick out individual voices and you get to more than four that starts to get a little dicey so I have again coming up to the piano writing in rehearsal in groups of three and four and I use my country tis of thee now you can really use any song that you like just make it something where you can do a short portion of it and that most of the singers are know it. So you want to use Happy Birthday, you can do that. My Country Tis of Thee works for us because as ninth graders for one of our state honor choirs, part of the audition process is singing My Country Tis of Thee. So so when they come in in ninth grade, I use this to voice them and then they already know it when it comes to auditioning for this uh, ninth grade honor choir. So that's part of the process as well. So the next question becomes where in their range do I start them? So with tenors in general I will start in the key of F and then I will move up in their range. So again they'll sing it in the key of G, sing it in the key of A, and then B. If I've got someone who I think wow this might be a real first tenor I may even have them try in the key of C just to see if I can stretch them. Now baritones I'll start in the key of D. D, and then going through E, F, and then G. And again, sometimes to A or B flat, if I've got maybe, you know, someone that has self-classified them as baritone, but could actually be tenor, or could possibly sing tenor two maybe, I will then stretch them as well. And then low basses, I will start way down in B flat, have them sing then again in C, and then in D. Maybe again if I've got someone I think oh might be tone. I might continue to stretch them up a little bit but that's where I start them and then working my way up in their range and then also then working my way back down and if I want to check low notes with that lower register it's a very simple exercise Yeah, yeah, ya yeah, yeah, yeah. just you know sofa far mi re do and I will just go down by a full step each time just to see how far down in the range i can stretch them as well now for sopranos and altos it works in the very much the same way altos i'll start in the key of c working my way up to i usually take them up at least until the key of g mainly because i want to see where they are switching out of that chest voice right if I've got someone who's really sort of belting and taking that chest voice up, I want to know that because then I know going into uh, my instruction that that is something where I want to work on as far as bringing that head do- head voice down into their lower register. And vice versa, you know, maybe you've got uh, an alto who, you know, they think they're an alto, but they're actually um, have the, the vocal range, that upper register to sing soprano to. I want to know that. As well and sopranos again I'll start in the key of F and again working my way up typically I'm looking for relaxed singing above F5 in order to consider someone for soprano one and that F sharp above there that F sharp five it's really a, a can be a difficult note for sopranos to sing and so if I can take them above that and see how they get into that that next section of their voice above that pitch, if they're able to navigate that pretty easily, then I know I've got a good contender for uh, someone in my Soprano 1 section. Now, as they sing in the different keys, I check in with them frequently, almost every time and ask them whether it feels too high or too low or just right. I can usually get a good feel of where they should be by listening to them. And then again, that's why I keep it to groups of four just so I can try and pick out individual voices. I do this during our regularly scheduled rehearsal time. So you may be wondering, well, what am I having the other singers do while I'm doing this? Well, I have the rest of the singers working on a theory pre-assessment. So I'm usually doing this at the beginning of the year. I'm trying to get a good grasp of where they are vocally. I'm also trying to get a good grasp of where they are as far as music literacy and their understanding of uh, music notation and vocabulary. So I've got a theory pre-assessment pre-assessment, handout that I have them and it's not something that I grade but that gives me an idea as far as how they're doing on things like node identification key signatures you know even working in some uh, solfege analysis there as well I also then have a get to know me google form and that helps me especially with the singers where uh, it's the first time for me meeting them and getting to know them and so I can have them fill out that get to know Google Form while I am working with the other singers up at the piano and so I'm productively killing two birds with one stone here right I'm getting some other objectives accomplished with the rest of the choir while I am working with the few singers that are you know working on their their voice placement if I'm doing this later on in the year I always have something for those other singers to be working on you know that's sort of the recipe for disaster as far as classroom management goes is well, what does everybody else do you know don't leave them to their own devices I don't let them have a study hall or anything no I find some sort of objective that I have in our department standards and benchmarks. And I look at that and I say, okay, what could I have them work on that would fulfill one of these standards and benchmarks? And so it's very easy for me to come up with uh, simply a handout or a listening activity, something to keep them busy. And that also gives me another opportunity for assessment as well, which we're always looking for ways to uh, effectively and efficiently do individual assessment. This is a great opportunity for us to do that where it doesn't take up a whole lot of time. Now with each singer, as they're going through their placements, I write down what my first choice for that, for what their section would be as well as a second choice if there's another possibility. So for instance, singer comes in, I say, okay, but... Probably a soprano two. If need be, I needed an extra soprano one. I could maybe bump them up for a piece, right? And so what's my my first choice? And then if they have that flexibility or if I've got too many singers in a section, what would my second choice be? Then when I put my sections together, this gives me a lot more flexibility with the voicings so that, again, I can keep the sections as balanced as possible. And once you get the hang of the process, you can get through singers pretty quickly. You know, one year I had 48 totally brand new singers come in and I got through all of them using this process in about 30 minutes. So all in one rehearsal. So once you get the hang of this process and you start to... Um, You know, get your best practices put into place and just the most efficient way of logistically doing things. You can really move through this process pretty quickly. Now, you can use one rehearsal to do this or you could use parts of a couple of rehearsals. So maybe you do just two or three groups Uh, in one rehearsal you know your groups of three to four do two to three groups of voicings and then the rest of the rehearsal um, you're rehearsing with the large group and then the next day when they come in same thing you've got something else for them to work on two or three small groups and then hopefully you can finish it within that second or that third rehearsal or you can just quickly get all of your singers placed so that you can then dig into your ensemble's repertoire and really, if you want to sing through something, but you only have a portion of your choir placed, that's okay. You can always have singers choose a part to sing. Yeah, I, t- I just tell them take your most educated guess as far as where you might be. And just for today, we're going to learn uh, parts on this one section, right? Until you can officially then. Place them into a section. Now, I like to not get too far without having the ensemble totally placed because you know you don't want to uh, spend too much time having them learn a part and then having to you know a student have to switch to a different part and learn something totally new. But for one day, I think that's totally fine. They can treat it as an opportunity to sight read, right? (laughs) So uh, that's it as far as my process. Again, you can get through large amounts of singers rather quickly and, you know, complete a number of objectives all at the same time. So I hope this explanation of my voice placement process helps you as you place your singers in your choirs. As always, if you have any questions, send me an email, Matt at ChoirDirectorCorner.com. Again, that's M-A-T-T at ChoirDirectorCorner.com. And if you'd like to dig deeper into this process and learn about how I place singers in their seating arrangements, my course, Arranging the Choir Based on Vocal Blend, will help you do just that and the course is available inside our choir director corner community membership which you can find over at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash membership we currently have a seven day free trial going on so you can get into the membership content and see all of the awesome resources that are available to you so make sure you go and check it out Well, that's it for today's episode, my friends. I hope this episode has provided some inspiration and motivation to supercharge your singer placement process. Keep doing your thing. Keep being awesome. And I will see you next week. Are you looking for resources that will save you time and frustration? Want to dive deeper into topics related to your teaching? then check out the Choir Director Corner community membership over at ChoirDirectorCorner.com forward slash membership.